I am the Customer Advisory Lead S4HANA Strategy at SAP and you are listening to the SAP Experts Podcast. One of the most successful episodes of this podcast is actually still episode one, which I said together with Stefan Batzdorf and his custody, by the way, still very valid top five reasons to go on S4HANA. The good news are, first, Stefan at that time on the payroll of Infosys is back at SAP. Now, As CTO as for HANA, he is responsible for the cross-architecture of SAP's flagship product. And second, he's back at this podcast. This episode, we lay down which topics you should turn to after you did a typical brownfield conversion. Because honestly, you're not a digital champion then, yet. Because remember, digitalization does not mean continuing doing the things you did all the time before, but doing things you were not able to do. So get ready for the top five activities you should approach after your brown fight go live on this very Christmas episode of the SAP Experts Podcast. Welcome, Stefan. Welcome, Alex. Thanks. First, you're back. Yes, I'm back at SAP since May this year. Wonderful. So you, you, you choose probably the worst possible time to come back. Yeah. You? Actually, actually, I, I joined back SAP first of May, uh, which was in the yeah in the high peak of the first lockdown. Um, it was really really nice and tough, <laughs> but it was good that I was at SAP 20 years ago or for 20 years before. So I knew everybody, I knew the team, uh, I knew the SAP processes. Um, but yeah, you get your laptop and your equipment delivered by SAPT, completely uh, set up uh, and organized, etc. You just need to connect to the internet uh, and then you're ready to start into work. Yeah? So the processes are really working good. So great compliment to Florian Roth. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks, Florian. Very perfect processes. Wonderful. But, but as you already mentioned, you did not come back in your old role. So things have changed. You are now back in development and you have a quite prominent role there. Oh, thanks a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm back in development where, where it all began in 2001. And I'm now um, CTO of SAP S4HANA and the head of the cross-product architecture in S4HANA. So what is cross-product architecture? What, what are we doing? Um, we're taking care, my team and I, we're taking care for the architecture definition of SAP S4HANA and uh, also ensuring the architecture consistency. Um, we are also defining the future SAP S4HANA cloud strategy, so the so-called Northstar ERP architecture. Where do we want to be with our S4HANA cloud ERP in, I don't know, three to five to eight years by now? Uh, we are setting the, the pave yards, the role uh, now. And uh, also, in addition to this, in my role as Chief Technology Officer, I also communicate and discuss our strategy with customers, with partners, try to get feedback from them, um, talking about such nice topics uh, such as modularization. Um, yeah, this is a really nice, nice job. So based on, let's say, the, the general 
um, re reception of what kind of strategy SAP is doing, that there's a huge um, huge run into the cloud, that we have lots of customers yeah, who have now to go from ECC to S4HANA. Um, I think your, your position now at the moment is one of the hottest you can get at SAP. Yes, kind of. Uh, and it's also quite <laughs> challenging. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot of demanding uh, um, work and um, as you might have also known and, and recently also heard about uh, the strategy of our CEO, Christian Klein. Um, so we are really shifting the company fully regard towards cloud, uh, towards cloud product, cloud revenue, etc. Um, and especially in the ERP game, um, we are um, providing the customers value of choice. So we still have our SAP S4HANA any premise that customers can run in their data centers, that customers can run on top of hyperscalers and in any kinds of private cloud environment. And we have our cloud ERP, the S4HANA uh, public cloud. Yeah, it's really our, our goal to, to pave yard the next uh, um, wave. And um, it's really, really tough because our goal is to modularize the S4HANA public cloud mm -hmm. to build a composable suite. So what is really composable? Because this is also what Gartner says. The future um, in, in the cloud is hybrid and composable, meaning that we want to offer the customers the way to get a um, first step-by-step -step approach into the cloud um, to license certain kind of end-to-end -end business processes to move into the uh, cloud ERP with I would say just finance or with an intelligent order management environment, whereas the rest of the ERP still runs on premise or any premise. And uh, for this, we need to modularize the whole monolith that we have, the whole ERP, break it into pieces, break it into sometimes microservices, sometimes bigger microservices. And the whole company is really focusing now and, and moving its architecture towards uh, microservice-based architecture based on Kubernetes. This is really challenging, challenging task. So where do you think from your position, um, where will we now, we now based on this kind of strategy like in the next two years or something like this? To be honest, we, we, we already made uh, um, some steps, significant steps. So you heard about uh, also the business technology platform. So the business technology platform is the, the service layer, the, the orchestration platform underneath all the applications. Uh, Jürgen Müller and team, they're providing currently so-called suite qualities and kernel services or platform services like an, an, an integrated uh, uh, master data management and master data integration. We work on a common workflow inbox that across the whole applications in a hybrid environment, you can manage your tasks, you can manage your workflows, your decisions. We work on harmonizing the user experience, harmonizing the integration and providing deep integration on an end-to-end -end process level. So this is really already, let's say, defined. We're more or less done, and uh, um, a lot of things will come out next year. And um, and then the applications on top will be yeah, restructured and revamped. In SAP S4HANA, you might also know it, we already deliver a lot of uh, ZAP Cloud Platform apps, especially also in the digital supply chain, in the intelligent asset network, IoT network. 
Uh, we are providing already now microservices like, uh, give you an example, excisive tax. Um, so whenever you, you have taxation service, uh, um, you want to, to license, this is a microservice running uh, on the subcloud platform. We have digital payments. Whenever you want to, order, uh, to, to offer Apple Pay, Samsung Pay, Google Pay, and all these things, this is a microservice operated by SAP. Um, so you have your S4HANA, you can connect these subcloud platform apps around and consume the service. And this will be built more and more and more. There will be a vast majority of services coming out throughout the next years. And uh, we just need to change the licensing part. Currently, every service or every app is a single, uh, let's say, single price list item, single app. And we need to come to a way that the customer can really license an end-to-end -end process. Yeah. Like, I want to have an intelligent distributed order management in the cloud, mm -hmm. meaning the order management part uh, distributed, so which means connected uh, across multiple systems, intelligent with machine learning, predictive analytics already bundled into it. One priceless item, one service paid per use. This is what we really want to achieve. And this is going to be a really interesting thing because that's what really I think people are asking for. It's a change in mindset. It's yeah. a change in mindset. And I just this week uh, attended TechEd and there were also a lot of questions uh, from, from installed-based customers, from partners asking, is on-premise dead? Is ABAP mm. dead? No, it is not. ABAP is also, it's not dead. Uh, um, we, we still, the majority of our business applications run on ABAP. Uh, we also have a new ABAP uh, cloud environment. And uh, um, also on-premise, I would say, is not dead. But there is a shift in mindset. A lot of on-premise customers uh, also ask SAP, what is my way and move to the cloud? And if you have a distributed and heterogeneous on-premise environment, the first step into a cloud could be a private cloud, for example, that you don't, don't work and don't spend your efforts on, on infrastructure, on network, on database administration, but move this to a hyperscaler, move this to a partner who administers your, your ERP. And then you, with your IT, you can really focus on building the innovation, cha changing and challenging the status quo of your ERP system. You, you already are really pointing now at what we what, what is our topic today, because we want to talk today about far less, let's say, visionary things. We want to talk about very down-to-earth topics. And since it's the end of the year and 2020 is now more or less in his, putting his last breath and thank God it's over, um, we want to use this to make something of a, a look back where we are at the moment. And we've chosen a little bit of a provocative topic with life on S4 HANA and now question mark. Why, from your perspective, is this a quite relevant question to be asked? This is a very, very relevant question because I think nowadays a lot of customers and also partners still think or still consider the S4 HANA transformation as a technical ERP upgrade. Mm -hmm. Currently, we see we have more than 8,200 customers live on SAP S4 HANA with, with at least one system, some customers with a majority of multiple systems. The ratio between greenfield and brownfield, I would say, is currently around 50 to 50 percent. So um, there are as much brownfield system conversion projects as, as greenfield projects, and both ways provide means to leverage the innovations, business potentials, and benefits of SAP S4HANA. See our initial podcast episode, the top five reasons to go on S4HANA. Yeah. All these things you can do, whether you go brownfield or greenfield. 
However, I would say less than a third of the on-premise S4HANA projects were real greenfield projects. So even if a customer has chosen to go greenfield, they were not really building up the system from scratch. I've seen also customers that, uh, that are tackling and starting a greenfield pro project, but they're setting up a new system and then copy pasting their existing configuration, their existing business processes from the old ERP to the new greenfield box. Uh, and in the end, the system is still running, majority of business processes running on SAPGUI, uh, running with the same uh, business process. And when I ask the customers what kind of innovations from SAP S4HANA, um, such as the um, DDR, MRP, stuff like this. Demand-driven MRP, yeah. the new inventory management, yeah. uh, the new advanced availability to promise. They say, well, yeah, this comes later. It's, mm -hmm. it's currently not on our plate. Um, so why is it the case? Because S4HANA transition is sometimes really still seen as a technical ERP upgrade, especially for the installed base customers. Mm -hmm. We have won a lot of net new names. Um, they are moving to SAP, moving to SAP S4HANA. These net new names, of course, they build up their system from scratch and they activate the, uh, all the majority of the business benefits and new innovations because they want to get out something. But installed based customers still looking on first challenging the technical migration. And then in a second phase, they think about, okay, what to do now? And therefore, it's really important. I'm live of, uh, on S4HANA. What now? What is now my next task? I absolutely agree with you because I think if you if you do your project planning right, no matter if you're greenfield or brownfield, um, let let's say especially the brownfield, you should know that in that aspect you do first the technical stuff. That's right. You do something of a conversion. Of course, you have to like also take care of of some things with the um, with the compatibility list. Um, it, you have to change some things at least some minimal things, but. Um, when you're done with the technical stuff, then you basically have to open up that package again, or you should open up the package again. You may be not so high in that kind of danger with Greenfield because there you, by nature, should be more or have at least more analysis in the beginning before you go on into your um, implementation task. But concerning Brownfield, I've realized, and I absolutely agree with you, in, in many cases that those plans that adopter set with let's say um okay let's do this first as a technical stuff and then then we will do the innovation stuff in so many cases these kinds of let's say plans they, they did not realize it yeah because then you had a project with the conversion uh, and then of course sometimes business is losing a little bit the interest because they said Absolutely. like uh, now i have to come go back to my daily business i have a lot of work to do and so on so in the end the yeah, they, they, there's not that kind of momentum in there anymore. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we, we talked it, told it multiple times to customers. Yeah, Whenever you are planning to move to SAP S4HANA, don't treat it as a technical project. Always treat it as a business project. Involve business from the very first moment. Educate them on the innovations in SAP S4HANA so that, also, that they also understand what's in for me. Uh, bring them into the role, into the project from the very first uh, first moment. In case you have not done this, in case you move to S4HANA just solely via an IT project, there are still a lot of things that you can do. And I have my favorite five points 
which is point number one, work on your modifications. Point two, work on your extensions. Point three, very important, challenge the status quo. Um, point four, implement new features. And also important, point number five, get rid of the compatibility packs. So let's, let's look into the five points. Um, let's start with the first one, build back your modifications, because I think every and each one of them has so much in them, yeah, which um, can bring you good if you are choosing to go on as for Hana. Build back your modifications. Um, let's say I, I want to ask you a naive questions now. Is this um, is this also like you said a case for greenfield customers that they immediately jump again on that's let's say their fresh installation, their white piece of paper to more or less tweak it in the same way like they did in the past? Or is there at the moment already something of a higher adoption of something like the SAP cloud platform to let's say keep your core clean and individualize yourself there much better? I think it's also the case for greenfield installations, uh, mainly if the greenfield installations are done by installed-based customers. I think it is a really a switch and change in mindset. The net new names, the new customers, they don't work that much on modifications or modifying the systems. Uh, they don't know the SAP product. They mainly stay standard. For an installed-based customer, especially those ones that grew up with us uh, in the 70s, 80s, uh, um, they, they, they are used to tweak the system in their ways. And But I think the future is, is cloud. Uh, the in future, the ERP will move to the cloud for majority of customers. And in the cloud, you need to be close to standard because whenever your system is not close to standard, but you have done modifications of, of the SAP code, you have done comp complex customizing, you have done extensibility or extensions uh, like spaghetti code, um, this prevents you from doing upgrades. And in the cloud, the upgrades are done by partners, by SAP, whoever. And then you have to pay for it. That's really cost. It's a cost driver of high TCO. So if you want to move to the cloud, and especially when you move in the cloud, you have the possibilities to reduce your TCO, but only if you are close to standard. So modifications is the first easy thing that you could get rid of um, in order to provide easier upgrades. Uh, the upgrade won't be a non-event, but at least in order to have it easier because... Um, and modifications are not bad per se. Um, if you have done five to six to seven modifications in the system and you already, you, you noted them down, you're well aware of all your modifications, um, then you can manage them, um, which means during an upgrade, you can have a look at your modifications, you can adapt them. But in most cases, customers have done wide modifications in all kinds of modules, sometimes added object types in the SD part, um, 1995, and, and now SAP provides these object types. So build back these things. Um, so whenever you move to S4HANA, review those modifications. When you move to the cloud, it is anyhow mandatory. You're absolutely on point. And what we should, I think, make very clear is that there is quite often a misunderstanding. When we say, like, get rid of the modification, like get, get closer to the standard, this does not mean that everything or everybody should work the same way. Of course, this is not possible in differentiating processes. It just means like the way um, you implement this kind of individuality. Yeah, It's not the best idea. Like when you 
when you start with a new system, when you have a greenfield, especially there, there it hurts, especially that you immediately jump on that installation to repeat the mistakes of the past. Now the possibilities to, um, to, to implement your individuality in a much more clever way, like for example, use the SAP cloud platform, which on the one hand keeps your core clean, but enables you to, to live your individualization uh, at, a, at a place where it basically belongs. That's more or less what we are saying. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, Alex. And this brings me also to the second point, move most of your extensions to the subcloud platform yeah. side by side. Um, it, not always it is mandatory to move it side by side, um, especially when you want to do extensions um, close to the ERP processes. So if you want to extend the accounts payable process in finance, then you want to do these extensions close to the core so for this, you can also use in-app extensibility inside SAP S4 HANA to keep, also to keep the core clean. Um, but if you are building complex extensions, complex applications, like you build your own quotation engine, then you should consider it moving it side by side on the subcloud platform, build an own application with an own data model, with an own HANA database, replicate via APIs the data between S4 HANA and your own quotation engine. Um, that works. Um, you can upgrade and update SAP S4 HANA, but your, um, your extension stays the same. And also inside, um, there will be in future a way that you can also use the Steampunk, the ABAP cloud environment inside S4 HANA. So you can build ABAP cloud-like upgrade stable inside S4 HANA, uh, in your favorite language, but only against public APIs. Two things about this, because I think first, especially that steampunk, what you mentioned, I think <laughs> it's, it's quite an interesting topic because first it shows that developers actually have humor. And <laughs> second one, uh, please outline what's the, what does really that kind of steampunk mean in that aspect and why it is called like that. Why is it called steampunk? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think the, the ABAP guys, they were really, they, they have a lot of fun. And uh, I also like them. Yeah, because the steampunk in comic Internet. is like when you have like modern technology and something of a Victorian yeah. British surrounding. Yeah, this yeah. is what steampunk is. And using yeah. steampunk in, in, in SAP relations, um, I think it's quite an interesting twist. Yeah, because they modernized the ABAP development language completely. And mm -hmm. ABAP is old, definitely. Yeah. 1972 with the with the rise of uh, SAP and uh, but nevertheless they build a complete new ABAP language language feature so actually there is a new ABAP language version 5 that you can switch on in the compiler and then the kernel in your subnet weaver system compiles your ABAP code against this new ABAP uh, steampunk language so the official name is the ABAP cloud environment on the subcloud platform um, and um, it's a bit restrictive. So certain parts that are not HANA safe and that are not S4 HANA safe, like logical databases, uh, and co uh, generated code during runtime, those are prevented. Um, so you might, when you compile your existing ABAP code with the ABAP language version five with the steampunk version, you might get compiler errors. But this is also good because then you see which of your code fragments are not cloud safe. Yeah. And whenever you want to move to the cloud, you should build them back. 
So you can even start now, even if you're running on ECC, uh, switch just for fun in a test system or in a dev system, the, the ABAP language, uh, the compiler version to language five, uh, compile it and have a look at all the errors. The thing is, it's also good for partners because if you build partner add-ons on ABAP Steampunk, on the ABAP cloud environment on the SCP, um, you can build it on the subcloud platform. You can in future build it also inside SAP S4HANA, but you build it once and you can deploy it twice or thrice. You can deploy it on-premise, you can deploy it in S4HANA cloud and deploy it side-by-side -side on the subcloud platform as a standalone application, which is good. Let, let me also point to, to one thing which concerning the cloud platform aspect may come as a, let's say, maybe question or kind, some kind of skepticism from users that, um, of course, I have there a process which is running on the core. And then I have some stuff running on a cloud platform, which is basically somewhere else if I have something of an on-premise installation. Um, is this something the, the user notices? No, definitely. The user won't notice um, if, especially in the S4HANA environment, if your user front end is SAP Fiori, the end user doesn't notice because in the Fiori launchpad, you can integrate S4HANA Fiori's, native Fiori's. You can integrate ZAP GUIs that are seamlessly a bit looking like an SAP Fiori for old transactions. You can embed uh, um, ZAP Cloud Platform from apps that are also exposed via Fiori, everything in one single dashboard, the end user doesn't notice it. Mm -hmm. we, have, we have the same here at SAP. Uh, when I open an SAP ticket uh, or when I look for information, I work with a Fiori launchpad. I don't know whether this is a homegrown build up. Our sub IT system or a sub IT team, they build a Fiori app uh, which connects underlying ERP systems with old GUIs. They mm -hmm. just build a foundation wrapper, a wrapper Fiori app, which is nice. I can run this up on my mobile phone and I don't even notice whether I'm accessing any kinds of old backend systems. And that's a good analogy that you use because when you are looking at your iPhone, you also do not know, do you have, if is this app that you use natively installed and downloaded or is this just a link into something of a cloud environment? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So same, 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 uh, same thing there. Next part that you mentioned was challenge the status quo. Yeah, I think this is the one that hurts probably most if you see that negatively. Yeah. Think, think about your CIO and you have just finished your 15-month S4HANA migration project, Brownfield or Greenfield. You spend millions of euros or dollars. Um, you are live. And on Monday morning, your finance clerks log on to the system They see the sub GUI, they see mm -hmm. their classical transactions, they pick up the phone and ask you as a CIO, by the way, what have you done the last 15 minutes? The system looks the same. So mm -hmm. technically it is possible to operate an S4HANA system like you operated an R3, but it is about providing quick wins to the, mm -hmm. to the business users. So really challenge the status quo, challenge, ask yourself, how should my end user work in future? Um, how... Where do I see my company in the next 10 years? Do I really want to work in the same way like I work today? Um, so for example, um, do I really want to manually post um, the, 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 the incoming uh, goods in the inventory or do I want to automate this process via a machine learning app that we provide? Mm -hmm. 
um, automatic posting. Um, try to work on activating Fiori for most of the, for the top 80% most used business processes. These are less than 300 GUI transactions, most probably. The top 80 most used transactions. Replace them by Fiori. Um, providing um, analytical insights via Fiori, reports, dashboards to managers. Um, use embedded analytics, the S4HANA embedded analytics via Fiori and via uh, CDS views instead of Excel and PowerPoint-based reports. Yeah. Don't extract manually system data out of your financial ACDOC A table, uh, post it into Excel and send it via email, but use a Fiori analytical report because then your report is based on actual data, on live data, on the database table. It's not outdated. It is live. It's living. Um, also, if you want to enable a forward-looking system, um, think about to... Um, activate machine learning apps, artificial intelligence, predictive analytics. Um, you can, okay, it's a bit complicated, but you can also activate um, predictive accounting in your financial process. Um, if you do predictive accounting, you enable a kind of forward-looking system. The system tells you in the middle of a quarter where you might be at the end of a quarter, at a quarter end. And if you have this projection based on actual sales, current sales, forecasted sales, then you can take countermeasures. Um, and I think this is what we want to enable when we talk about digital economy, really enabling an intelligent system that is forward-looking, that guides me, that provides me decision support. But for this, you need to really challenge the status quo. Yeah. You need to switch from classical GUI-based processes where, where accountants clerks manually enter data into the system and um, use also robotics process automation to automate tedious tasks. Uh, for this, you can look up the IRPA store, IRPA, Robotics Process Automation. Put it in Google or in any kinds of search engine. You find something like 120 uh, robotics process automation tasks where you can automate with a single click uh, checking of invoices, uh, manually creating uh, uh, sales orders out of PDF documents that you import, whatever, you name it. I think you're, you're in every word what you said, absolutely right. And every project that's about implementing S4HANA should start with putting a big poster on the wall with a, with a wording the wars of the 21st century cannot be won with the applications of, of yesterday. And we should really stop glorifying these kinds of 20-year-old system because digitalization is not about doing things you did all the time and continue to do that, but just a bit better. But it's about being able to, to do things you were not able to do before. And, and you really... Um, put up some some great examples with AI machine learning, where with robotic process automatization, where you can, yeah, bring the bottom line down with your your commodity process and the top line up with your differentiating processes, and um, you have low hanging fruits there. So why why not use it? Yeah, definitely, and especially also what you said, this top line or this this. Um, commodity processes versus differentiating processes is very, very important. Um, and coming back to what to the first point we said, um, do you really need to do greenfield or brownfield? 
I think the main question when you move to S4HANA is asking yourself, what are my commodity processes? And these can be different. For example, when you take a large bank like the Deutsche Bank or the UBS, for them, procurement is a commodity process. Inventory management is a commodity process. They don't need it. Yeah. For them, a core process is treasury, is finance, cash management, et cetera, banking. But if you look, for example, on automotive suppliers, um, procuring the raw materials, the logistical processes like inventory management, this is core. For them, financial accounting is a commodity process, yeah, because they do accounting according to IFRS, US GAAP, full stop, yeah. Um, so find out your commodity processes on, on, and focus on automating commodity processes, putting um, robotics process automation, putting uh, um, um, machine learning apps, et cetera, um, in order to drive down the, the, the bottom line costs, so safe costs, and then focus on your differentiating core processes. And here you need to put intelligence into. Why? So that you are better than your competition, that you have the facts and the information faster than your competition. And you have to decide for you, what is my core process, my differentiating processes? Is it selling uh, to the end user? For example, if you're a large retailer, is it my production process to build and design R&D process to build the best product, the best cars, the best machines in the world? Or is it the cash collection process? It's up to you. Okay, as the next point or the fourth point of the list, you've chosen upgrade to latest S4HANA releases at least every two years. So this seems to be a important point which quite often is overlooked yeah yeah correct um as for hana especially in an on-premise uh, world we deliver new features every year i think you don't necessarily need to upgrade every year if you do it perfectly you get the golden star and um, but um, every two years you should at least uh, you should not um, bury yourself uh, in, an, in an S4HANA release because, not sure whether you know it, every S4HANA release is maintained, mainstream maintenance, for just five years. Mm -hmm. We have customers that are still sitting or residing on 1610, uh, the initial version from 2016. Um, I would ask these customers to at least move to 1809, 1909, or to the latest uh, release. But if you are upgrading every two years, you have at least the chance also um, to, to, to consume the innovations that we deliver. You get security updates, security features, and you are not in a technology lock, which is also quite, quite important. And the longer you, you wait, the harder it will be for you to upgrade. Um, the upgrade process is also very, um, not, it's not, not very easy, a certain task to do, but at least we worked a lot on SAP side to provide means, to provide tools, uh, to provide uh, um, um, compatibility check resolutions um, uh, and, and migration tools uh, that help you also to plan the upgrade. And um, we have several customers that migrated from uh, 1709, the 2017 version, to 1909 um, in six weeks, in 12 weeks, uh, where the upgrade process was just two weeks and then followed by a four to six weeks testing uh, cycle. 
Activating the new features that we delivered via an upgrade takes a bit more time. Sometimes it is a project, sometimes it is um, quite an, an easy um, activation of these features, but you should really consider this. And especially when you are live on SAP S4HANA, coming back to our headline, um, you should really implement some of the new features, yeah? like the new material requirements plan planning in production, um, or even the demand-driven MRP in production. Absolutely. And I think a very important aspect in this is that quite often, or let's say in the more higher numbers of cases, with your first go life, you probably do not implement everything or let's say you start to use with everything that you probably would like to use or that would really help you. You have to make somewhere a cut and say, okay, this is, let's say, my the amount of things I will go live with. It's, if you then wait for years until your next upgrade yeah, it gets harder you get it gets harder and your whole organization this is that what i experience quite a lot gets sleepy concerning that if you have or if you make yourself this kind of clear internal law that you said i want to have this fixed frequency and by this you yeah you you secure yourself something of a let's say continuous improvement in that way that you use new tools that you use uh new possibilities that you probably left out for the first time. And there are lots of things in there. We mentioned the demand-driven materials requirements, planning the DDMRP or the um, new back-order processing. Those are not really new tools or new functionalities. They all are already like two, three years old. They are proof mm -hmm. and so on. Um, you can use maybe this time to let it mature if you want it, but... Um, Keep it in the back of your mind. Keep like, let's let's call it like steam on the machine by saying like, I want to have this kind of yearly upgrade. I want to use this to um, to excel and to, yeah, keep really a bit of pressure to myself that I, let's say, um, do not uh, stop to, to thrive that kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And once you're live on Esfana, you will definitely, definitely have follow-up projects. Um, some of these follow-up projects are like in logistics or in finance, for example, mm -hmm. switch to real-time finance based on the ACDOC A with predictive uh, uh, accounting um, and embedded consolidation mm -hmm. when you want to replace, for example, a BPC side-by-side -side running on NetWeaver, replace it with the finance embedded consolidation. This is um, actually a project that you need to run. As fifth point, you mentioned get rid of compatibility packs. Maybe mm -hmm. we, we should explain this a little bit again because this sometimes get a little bit out of focus and it's really important. Why, or at first, what are compatibility packs? What is the difference between compatibility packs and the simplification list? And why is this so important? Definitely, definitely. So let's let's first do the easiest part, which is the simplification list. Uh, when we developed SAP S4HANA, and we are still continuing to deliver new innovations in SAP S4HANA, uh, we get rid of old ECC coding, ECC modules, functions, and technologies. And wherever we develop new innovations and simplify things, we might delete old stuff. And this old stuff that we deleted in S4HANA is 
maintained in the simplification list. So whenever you move from a classical ECC to SAP S4 HANA, you have to have a look at the simplification list. You find deleted interfaces, deleted transactions, function modules, sometimes complete components that, ha that have been deleted and are replaced by new functionality. For example, the old foreign trade management in SD. You have to work on the simplification list. You have to get rid of these things whenever you use it. There is no way around. And then we have the compatibility pack or the compatibility matrix. Here we mention components, products, uh, functionality that we consider um, not state of the art that we would like to replace, get rid of and replace with new functionality embedded in SAP S4HANA or available via a cloud product or a separate product. I give you one example, the classical old logistics execution transportation management or warehouse management. This is an old functionality. It can be and shall be replaced either by the S4HANA embedded warehouse management and embedded transportation management or by the extended warehouse management or by the sub-TM transportation management solution. So the old LETRA, LEWM functionality is something like that is in the compatibility pack, which means you are still allowed over a period of time to use this. So you have a usage right until the end of 2025. But whenever you moved to SAP S4HANA after 2025, this usage right ends. So you are legally then in a, in a not comfortable position. You, you can still run it, it's still function, but you're legally not allowed to use this. So whenever you move to SAP S4HANA or whenever you're already live on SAP S4HANA and you are still using functionality in the compatibility pack, such as project systems, the old quality management, the old CS customer services module, um, some old HCM HR solutions. Make a project, put it on your to-do list for the next five years to come and switch these components, these implementations to a new functionality because the usage right will definitely end. Whereas the end of maintenance of the old ECC, this also ends 2025, but here ends the standard mainstream maintenance and after 2025 comes customer-specific maintenance. So regarding maintenance there for old ECC modules, there is still a way and a pass after 2025, but with mm -hmm. the compatibility pack, you're not allowed. The usage rights ends, and we are clearly and strict here um, on, on, on our pass forward. And In last point, whenever you implement a greenfield system, whenever you implement a new system, and also this goes to partners, if you have a net new customer, you install an S4HANA system greenfield for partners, please never ever activate modules from scratch that are listed in the compatibility bag. It doesn't simply make sense. And I think this is a huge important message because it does not mean just because maintenance has been prolonged until 2027 in certain aspects and 2030 that you have more time and you just can continue because this is not, like you said, valid for the compatibility packs. And even worse, when you do something like a greenfield 
And we have cases like this, yeah, where we find out that compatibility packs, features and functions are scope of certain greenfield initiatives. And this is something which makes absolutely no sense and should absolutely not not um, being approached that way. Exactly. And especially when you want to move to the cloud, when you target also a public cloud, the compatibility pack is not there. So you'll anyhow then have to get rid of these things. So why not start now to build back this functionality? Perfect. Stefan, thanks a lot for this Christmas present that you gave us with your expertise and your content. Thank you very much. Um, since 2021, it's going to be a quite busy year for you. Lots oh, yeah. of things will happen. Um, I'm sure people want to connect with you and want to follow you. Where can do they do this best? Yeah, the best thing is really let's connect on LinkedIn. You will find me. You can follow me. You can drop me a personal message, whatever. I'm not on Twitter or on any kind of other social feeds, but LinkedIn is the business network that is really good. So let's stay connected there. Please give feedback also on this episode here. I really enjoyed it. Thanks a lot, uh, Alex, uh, for, for hosting uh, this session. It was really a lot of fun to talk about these things and it's dear to my mind. Um, live on S4HANA and what now? So hopefully you you got some points, uh, some things to think about. Thanks a lot. Definitely. Stefan, have a great time. Merry Christmas. Stay healthy. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.